Welcome, I am Rayanne Hall, and this is The Optimistic Choice. Today's guest is Penny Simpson, and the topic is Purposeful Decisions in Women's Self-Defense. I'm pretty excited about that. Welcome, Penny. Thank you. I, I always say I'm excited about the topic, but I'm, I always am, and this one really, <laughs> I'm excited about this. It's so cool. I was telling you before we started the recording, I thought of you um, a while ago, but I had been booked up for interviews, but I thought of you because you empower women, and I'm, I just am so drawn to that. Um, I just think the world of you, but before you. we get into your topic, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, my husband and I, uh, many years ago started a martial arts school, uh, when our daughter, Caitlin, she died of a heart condition and, um, and both of us just felt very impressed to do something that would, um, kind of in her honor and just do make some good in contribute to the world, I guess, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and that's actually when I met my husband, that's when I got into the martial arts and um, just many, many aspects of the, of the martial arts have really helped me to be a, a better human being, better person, to find my own self-worth and, and confidence and then I just have seen the influence that it's had over women. I mean, that's basically my story. That's how I ended up here doing yeah. women's self-defense. It's just, it's so, so amazing what you're doing. And I'm so sorry for your loss. I know that that must have been hard for you. How did you kind of navigate through that when you lost your child? Well, you go through the mourning process that everybody does. Uh -huh. But in this odd sort of way it has been an incredible gift uh to me because i now can really understand what suffering feels like and uh -huh. so i can have okay. empathy true empathy huh? yeah what, what kind of took you through the first shock of it all i mean that that's a very profound experience it makes me want to cry just the thought of it what, how did you kind of get through the initial shock of losing your daughter? Well, you know, you go through denial, you know, uh -huh. the whole morning process. At first you're in denial and then it hits you like a rock and then the, the denial's gone. And then you, you know, I went through deep depression and all the anger and the blame, you know, there were things that could have been done differently. And so, uh, you know, you blame the doctors. Um, it's painful. You're upset. And even when people try to help, sometimes they don't really understand, you know, what you're really going through because they've not experienced something like that. And so it's, it's hard. It, it was difficult, but I had to realize that I had to learn to accept that compassion was enough like they were trying to give compassion. They couldn't give empathy because they didn't understand. Yeah. And I had to just forgive. I, you know, it's like, I'll take compassion and that's okay. For me, it was just a matter of time. Yeah. And, you know, just time 
heels. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, my spiritual beliefs, I'm very close to God and God just sort of carried me and he led me, I think, to a place where I needed to be. And, um, you know, I would say different like spiritual experiences along the way where sure. I, it just helped me to be in the proper, put myself in a proper perspective. Um, for example, like one day I went to visit Caitlin's grave and I was feeling really down and, um, and I met this woman who was in the process of her child was buried there as well. Uh -huh. And she was in the process of, she had three children. Uh, two of them, she uh, went, she was on a, she was driving and the road was slick and she drove off the road and went into a lake and her, she couldn't get her children out. They drowned. Yeah. Oh and then later on, her teenage son was in a car accident. So she was in the process of getting her children all in the same place because she had lived in different places and, um, and she wanted her family to be together, you know? Oh and, my goodness. And it was just a reminder to me. And I just felt like, um, there was a purpose for that. There was a reason for me meeting her. And it was a reminder to me that no matter what you've been through there's always somebody who's been through worse yes. and you're not the only one and that you know we all experience life mm -hmm. and we all suffer and and that is so wise you really used your wisdom and you were showing them compassion by just seeing that their heart was in the right place, even though maybe sometimes people say the wrong things and it's salt in the wound sometimes, um, but they're trying. Yeah, yeah. And so you had yeah. the wisdom to see that, you know, that's, that's really profound, I think. And, and what kind of uh, propelled you forward, you know, as you were, after you were kind of going, as time went on, um, going through that mourning process is something kind of spark a okay life continues because I know that happens when there's a death so close to you at some point you you click back into life what kind of helped you do that you know it's at, at the end of the day we're kind of all in the same boat yeah it may be different from one person to the next but we're all here on this earth and we and we all experience pain and struggle and we just need to step outside of ourselves you know maybe perhaps put our shoes into yes uh, uh, oh so beautifully said penny and i know that we we came here today to talk about women's empowerment and about yeah. self-defense but when you shared that i was you know i appreciate you opening up a little bit more about that because like you said it, it kind of propelled you towards this women's defense and empowering others right yes how, how did that come about how did you connect the two well when you go through a traumatic experience you know trauma a tra trauma is trauma and you can i may not have you know i've never experienced being raped or perhaps having 
a, an abusive upbringing, but you know, I had the loss of my child and it was very traumatic and it was extremely difficult. And like I said, you know, it gave me an understanding of what suffering is like when you're so, um, you're in a place that just feels so dark and there's this sense of, there could be a sense of like, there's just no hope, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, um, it gave me the, uh, the desire to just want to, you know, help other people, whatever it might be, whatever traumatic experience that they might've had in their life to give them some hope, some skills that they might be able to perhaps do what I was able to do and take a negative experience and turn it into a positive that we can all just make the world a better place. That and is I, so powerful. That's you why know, we have do what you can, right? With what you have. Yeah. yeah. And there's somebody who needs what we have to offer them. Mm -hmm. and, and you do have a talent with martial arts, <laughs> your whole family. <laughs> I mean, what you guys teach and how you empower people, it, it truly is motivating. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about this thing that you have going on on uh, purposeful decisions with well, self-defense? My goal is we have this idea about self-defense as, you know, you kick somebody in the groin or you kick them in the leg and then you run and, you know, <laughs> And it's about body, mind, and spirit. It's about the whole person. You start with not being the person that uh, a predator is going to choose. You don't want to be the one that they choose. And that comes from within. And that's, that's working on yourself. And um, the beauty of, you know, like the martial arts. So... We talk about attitude, which is 40 to 50% of self-defense. And the master key to attitude is your physiological state of engagement, which is basically your body language. So if I can work with someone and just work with that, you know, it's all in the do. It's how you carry yourself. It's um, then that's 40, 50% of the whole cycle of, of self-defense right there. And so that's empowering. Like I, I don't have to be like a psychologist and I'm not, you know, I'm not your preacher. I'm not, <laughs> right. but you know, we just work primarily on the physical. I, that's not totally true. I'm going to be misleading there because um, we have the five fitnesses we have spiritual fitness, we have perceptual fitness, we have mental fitness, emotional fitness, and then we have physical fitness. But dealing, and so that, that's like mind, body, spirit is really what that narrows down to. Sure. But when we work on this physical, that is the easiest to address how um, I carry myself, just keeping my chin up, um, being aware, having my shoulders back, um, body language. And, that's cute. and it's such a, a simple thing that 
um, we don't always think about. And there have been studies, uh, lots of studies about how the way you carry yourself will really change your state of mind. And so of all the fitnesses, you know, we sort of start on the physical, that's where, where we start. We address all of the fitnesses. And so I, I like that approach, you know, yes. I, somebody deals with anxiety, for example, I don't always like talking about anxiety with that person. Like, oh, let's work on our anxiety, you know? Cause it almost just puts that into their head and they begin to identify themselves that way. Like, oh, here's a problem. And so we're always talking about it. And then it just reinforces the fact that they're identifying themselves in that sense. Uh-huh. So I'm simply just working in terms of the physical and the martial arts, you know, the nature of it. Um, you have got to have your shoulders back, your anchor, your butt, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and where you're positioning your hands and you're keeping your chin up. And that physiological state is a state of empowerment. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. It does. You know, um, in mindset, in success strategies, you know, all the things that I've been studying in, you know, with life coaching and helping others. Nonverbal communication is so, and, and in sales, nonverbal communication is in all of it, isn't it? And so I, yeah. I made that powerful connection when you said it starts with that, how you carry yourself. And I, I loved what you said when you said um, the way you carry yourself even affects your state of mind. And so I wondered, I thought, isn't that a way to move towards optimism? being yeah. conscious and aware of that and making, being proactive in these efforts and taking courses like with, for, through you and seeing things a little different, empowering yourself with these self-defense. Would you say it's a way to create more confidence and optimism in yourself? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And um, even in terms of perceptual fitness, so we talk about perceptual fitness, it's you're dealing with your dominance factors dominant eye, dominant hand, dominant leg, and the way that you learn. So are you visual, kinesthetical, auditorial, and, and are you skill-based or challenge-based? So we're, as an instructor, I'm figuring this out with my students, but it's also self-discovery. And then once you have that awareness in yourself, you have the awareness of the differences in the people around you, your children, your spouse, and then you become aware of, oh, well, maybe that's why I'm having a hard time communicating with my child or my husband. You know, I, I'm an, my husband and I deal with this, like he's very auditorial, so he has to tell me things, but I'm very kinesthetical. So I got to write it down. I'm not, I'm not taking in that information, but he wants to give it to me in a way that works for him, you know, that sort of yes. thing. So all these things play over and it, um, into the real world, so to speak. Once we have this greater understanding, it's definitely much more, much more positive sort of thing because you know we have greater understanding of ourselves and other people. We're aware of our body language and how people are responding to our body language. Yeah. And um, it's incredibly empowering. 
Oh man, I just it, think it's so amazing what you guys do there. What were you gonna say? Uh, nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know that you you have achieved a lot of success in your life. I mean, at one point you guys had um, two separate uh, in Bellingham. You had two separate martial arts studios, one for families, and then you know you had one specifically for women. And then COVID happened. Yes. Now you kind of combine your efforts, but yes. It's all wonderful, but you know, with all the success that you have had, has optimism played a role in your success? I guess I would say yes. You know, I don't always articulate it that way. Uh huh. For me, it's learning the skills to. So, for example, emotional fitness is re reframing things that happen to you in a way that empowers you. So you and take something that could be a negative <laughs> and you turn it to a positive. Oh, that's, that's beautifully said. And that is optimism, isn't it? Which yeah, kind yeah. of sparks going forward and how you view things. Sure, I sure. love how you just said that. What else, what other thoughts do you have on that? On how optimism can kind of help you move, keep moving forward when, when you hit those bumps? Uh, well, you know, hope is incredibly empowering thing. And there are actually studies done that even just a little bit of hope let's say maybe you don't have a full, full confidence in yourself quite at this point or this moment. A person who maybe is in a particular circumstance in life, a person who has hope versus one that has no hope, a, a huge difference in how, you know, you can take a negative, something that could be a negative and turn it into a positive. Just having that little spark of hope is huge. It's not just talk, you know, mm -hmm. It's really true. Like there have been studies on this. I think that we can and should be a little bit careful. It's this concept of toxic positivity. Yeah. Like, I think that you, you aren't just positive, just all of a sudden uh, you, you find the skill perhaps that you need to address and you need to work on and you build that skill. And that's where you have confidence with competence. And so I don't think of positivity like in this magical sort of way. Yeah. I think of it as, you know, here's a problem or I have a challenge. What is it? What is the skill that I need to work on or practice that will enable me to uh, meet the challenge? that's before I like that. me. I really like that. And I, I love that you're talking about what you can do with, um, do what you can with what you have, um, you know, improving your skills and keeping that as a focus because it is sparking optimism, but it doesn't reach positivity, toxicity, because you're, that's when you're on euphoria and you're trying to stay up there. Like if you come away from a, I always say this, I've said it in many of my podcasts, if you're, it's that Tony Robbins high, you leave the seminar and you're on this high, you can't stay there. It's good to get there. And to right. have it spark you. And um, my goal with optimistic choice is not positivity, toxicity, but it's oh, to sure. reach <laughs> optimism. It's to, to spark that hope, you know, and I think a lot of times, like you were saying, there have been studies 
where gratitude actually with being coming starting with gratitude i think helps you spark a little bit of hope which leads to optimism which kind of propels you forward in moving those actions and like you said improving your skills but there are studies saying you know back to where it starts that gratitude when you practice it daily even just three things a day that it improves the neural pathways in your brain towards joy and so that it's kind of all together all and it's a journey and we're going to be real because guess what you're going to have your ups and downs but if you can continually you know get through them work through them and get back to to optimism and 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 doing your skills because that's Mm. how you're going to propel forward you can't stay down and you can't stay way up i always say there's like that middle ground that's sustainable and that is optimism to me that's how i define it but yes but anyway oh this has been so enlightening oh go ahead what's your final thought if you frame the downs in a certain way you understand that you need the downs yes like the downs need to be there to have the up it's just like losing my daughter i would never wish this upon anyone that it got oh, married. Yeah. yeah but in this odd sort of way i'm extraordinarily grateful because i i can truly mourn with those who mourn you know the scriptures yeah. say we should mourn with those who mourn i can truly do that i have the ability now I under, you know, I can truly uh, feel for somebody who um, has had, a, you know, a traumatic experience in their life. So the negative and the positive can be very much the same. Like I, I we need those downs because without them, we couldn't feel the gratitude. We couldn't experience the joy. We couldn't experience the ups as well so it's necessary part and if we live our lives trying to eliminate you know all the negative or we have this concept in our mind that life's not supposed to be that way somehow or this you know yeah then you know it's it's not we're not being honest but how how can people get a hold of you and then let's do these final thoughts how can people get a hold of me yes well, they can, I have a Facebook group. It's called Purposeful Decision, um, a women's self-defense community. If you're a woman, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, 70% of my listeners are women. So just so you know. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, what were you saying? Um, but you're welcome to join my group. And I do, you know, different things. I I go over all the fitnesses, you know, I dedicate a day of the week and I go over each of the different fitnesses. So we're kind of working on the whole person kind of a concept. Awesome. So um, they go to Facebook, Women's Self-Defense Community. Happiness is? Oh, being with my family and serving others. (laughs) And resilience means? Not giving up. (laughs) <laughs> and what's the first thing you notice about people? That we're all unique and beautiful and wonderful. Oh, that's great. And what are three habits that improve life? Uh, three habits that improve life. Uh, just continuing to um, problem solve. <laughs> yes. Um, starting, well, I would say starting your day with something super positive. 
Um, for me, it's fitness. And it could just be, you know, a very comforting tea or something that's going to start your day on a positive note that it could be uh, meditation um, that will set your day for success. Nice. That's so great. And if you could have lunch with anyone, whether they're alive or not, who would that be? Oh, it'd probably be my father who actually has passed away. <laughs> oh, you know, it, of course. Anyone else besides family? Um, that, oh, that like beautiful. <laughs> oh, um, Christ. Uh, you know, I've had a few people say that. Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and when you do die, how do you want to be remembered? When I die? Yes. Um, I want to be remembered as a good mother because um, that's important to me um, and somebody who was kind. I want, I want there to be people at my funeral who are appreciative for the fact that I did something that I contributed something in their life that made a difference. Oh, you did. And you do. You contribute so much to life in our community and to your family. And at the end of the day, life is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. And you know what? This interview has been beautiful. I thank you so much for your time, Penny. Thank you. And everyone out there, keep making the optimistic choice.